Section 3 of The Light of Egypt, or The Science of the Soul and the Stars, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. The Light of Egypt, or the Science of the Soul and the Stars, Volume 2, by Thomas Bergoni. Chapter 2, The Constellations The twelve great constellations of the zodiacal belt, which forms the Earth's orbit, and the Sun's shining pathway around the celestial universe, have been considered as mere imaginary figures, or emblems invented by an early primitive people to distinguish the monthly progress of the sun and mark out, in a convenient manner, the twelve great divisions or spaces of the solar year. To this end, it is thought, the various star groups, termed constellations, were fancifully imagined to represent the various physical aspects of the month under or into which they were consecrated by the sun's passage during the annual journey, so that in some sense the twelve signs or constellations were symbolical, not only of the seasons, but also of the labors of the year. That such a system seems perfectly natural to the learned mythologist, and that granting the ancient so much is a very great concession toward this childish knowledge, is, of course, quite excusable, when we are constantly told or reminded that actual science, that is to say, exact science, does not date backward more than a couple of centuries at most. Even the modern astrologer must, as be disconce upon the influence of the twelve signs, has but little, if any, real knowledge of this matter, above and beyond the purely physical symbolism above mentioned. And, perhaps, it is as well that such benighted condition prevails and that the divine heavenly goddess is unsought and comparatively unknown. The celestial Urania, at least, in such isolation, remains pure and undefiled. She is free from the desecrating influence of polluted minds. Such, in brief outline, is the general conception of mankind regarding the shining constellations that bedeck, like fiery jewels, their maker's crown, and illumine with their celestial splendor, the wondrous canopy of our midnight skies. Is there no more than a symbol of rural work in the bright radiance of the starry Andromeda, the harbinger of gentle spring? Nothing, think you, but the fruit harvest and the vintage is in the fiery, flushing luster of Antares and the ominous scorpion. Are men so spiritually blind that they can perceive nothing but the symbol of maturing vegetation and the long summer's day in the glorious splendor of Castor and his starry mate and brother, Pollux. It would indeed seem so, so dead is the heart and callous the spiritual understanding of our own benighted day. To the initiate of Uranus mysteries, however, these dead symbolic pictures become endowed with life. These emblems of rural labor or rustic art transform themselves from the hard, chrysalistic shell and expand into the fully developed spiritual flowers of spiritual entities revealing in their bright 
radiating lines the awful mystery of the soul's genesis its evolution and eternal progressive destiny amid the mighty inconceivable creations yet to come pointing out each step and cycle in the soul's involution from its differentiation as a pure spiritual entity a ray of divine intelligence to the crystallization of its spiritual forces in the realms of matter and its evolution of progressive life the same eternal symbols of the springtime the glorious summer the autumn and winter of its eternal being in making this attempt probably the very first within the era to convey in plain and undisguised terms the interior mysteries of the twelve constellations the reader and student is advised to ponder deeply upon the outlines presented the subject is too vast to present in one or two chapters therefore we hope that this revolution may incite the student to further research the real significance the true spiritual importance of such mysteries can only be realized and fully appreciated after prolonged meditation and careful study with this brief digression which we consider needed advice we will resume our task and attempt to usher our student into the weird labyrinth of solomon's starry temple the house not made with hands eternal in the heavens one aries first aries in his golden wool this constellation represents the first divine idea the word of the cabalist and the first active manifestation of the glorious in Soph. in other words it is mind in action the first pulsation of deity in the dual aspects of lord and creator to the human soul it is and always typifies the unknown invisible power which we term intelligence that which knows and gives unto each deific atom of life that distinguishing universal yet deathless force which not only constitutes its spiritual identity and physical individuality but enables it to pronounce in the presence of its creator those mystic words i am that i am in other words this beautiful constellation symbolizes the first pulsation of that ray of pure intelligence which constitutes the divine ego of the human soul it is the first that impels ever onward the life atom in its evolutionary progress and reveals to us the beginning or first manifestation of the divine ego as an active self-existing atom of infinite spirit within angelic spheres seeing the actual spiritual reality symbolized in aries how easy it is to note its full significance upon the external plane when refracted and reflected into the planes below through the complex action of the human organism conveying the same radical influx in the first astrological month and the first sign of the zodiac we can read a perfect parallel in the astral influx upon the human body as set forth in the light of egypt volume one which says aries symbolizes the sacrifice and represents the springtime the beginning of a new year the first action of pure intelligence brought forth the first expression of form and led to the sacrifice of its angelic state and 
having gained the victory over the lower realms of matter once more the springtime of a new life with the promise of life light and love the sign aries represents the thinking powers of humanity in short the active intellectual being the lord of material creation man and in its cosmic relations as shown under the occult application of the twelve signs volume one we find the same perfect analogy two taurus he aries turns and wonders at the mighty bull taurus the second constellation of the shining twelve represents the first reaction of spiritual conception in other words it is the mind's attention to its own ideas in the kabbalah it represents that peculiar state of executive force whereof it is symbolically said and the lord saw that it was good after each act of creation when intelligence first manifests itself form is a matter of necessity and as no form can possibly exist without matter so Taurus is the first emanation of matter in its most etherealized state. Hence it is feminine, Venus the ruler thereof, and it represents the first pure form of the human soul as it existed in its bright paradise within the angelic spheres of its parents and reveals to us the first surprise of intelligence in embryo, the first sensation of consciousness, so to say, conscious of its divine selfhood. Hence he... The male spirit of pure fire, Aries, glorious in his golden, solar, wool, turns, expressing reaction, and wonders at the mighty bull, or material form. Thus, the first idea of pure intelligence in embryo, the result of action in Aries, becomes objective to its consciousness and is surprised at its own conception. It is the first sensation of pure divine love within angelic realms and it the male spirit of pure fire sees that it is good bringing this spiritual reality within our conception and comparing it with its reflected astrological influx what a beautiful harmony we find and yet so simple that verily we cannot refrain from once more quoting our old time worn yet nevertheless golden law as it is above so it is below as on the earth so in the sky reflecting that taurus is an earthly sign and a symbol of servitude we see that matter is ever the servant of spirit a necessary means for the manifestation of intelligence again recognized in the fecundating forces of this astrological sign on every plane of its action and it is ruled by venus the love element in nature her sympathies ever finding expression in this beautiful sign what can be clearer more understandable then that the involved principles and defic attributes as represented by the shining constellations when refracted through the human organism so complex in its constitution reflects qualities which are the external and parallel expression of the subjective principles and further that form is absolutely necessary for the manifestation of intelligence. 3. Gemini He, Taurus, bending lies with threatening bead and calls the twins Gemini to rise. They clasp for fear and mutually embrace.
This bright constellation, Castor and Pollux, Gemini is spiritually representative of the second spiritual action. Hence it is, of course, a masculine sign and positive. We have witnessed Act I of the soul's drama, and as some have said, tragedy, and in this, the third of the Shining Twelve, we find the opening scene of Act Two, V's, the evolution of the twin souls, or more correctly, the differentiation of the divine soul into its two natural component parts, male and female. Here we approach one of the most arcane secrets within the wide scope of occult philosophy, hence must be exact and at the same time clear in our statements. Note then that after the male spirit of pure ethereal divine fire, Aries, bad conceived the first idea, and Taurus, the material envelope, had given that idea objective existence to its, the ego's, consciousness, we find sensation as the result. No sooner sensation than aspiration, longing. This closes the action and the reaction. Ever in obedience to the unsatisfied wants of an immortal soul, nature immediately responds. Hence, he bending lies with threatening head, that is demanding, and calls the twins, the twin souls to rise, to appear or evolve forth, and as a first rude shock caused by their separation, or rather by their separate existence, as two distinct yet mutually dependent forces, we have the context. They class for fear and mutually embrace. This most impressive scene in the soul's drama is one of profound interest and sublime beauty. In the Kabbalah we find the same parallel, wherein it is stated, And so God created man in his own image, the action of Aries and Taurus. In his own image, mind, created he him male and female, created he them, in other words, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini are thus spoken of in pure allegory. The mundane Bible of the Jews, like everything else esteemed sacred, finds its original and perfect expression in the great astral Bible of the skies. To the average student, the evolution of the twin souls is a profound mystery, embracing, as it does, the whole of involution and evolution, seeing that this beautiful constellation represents to us the first recognition or consciousness of the divine ego of its dual forces sensation and aspiration called forth by the action of aries and taurus how beautifully has the poet expressed this first pulsation of divine love they class for fear etc evolved by the divine will of pure intelligence they must ever remain as separate yet mutually dependent forces, positive and negative, male and female, upon whose action and reaction rest the perfect evolvement of the powers and possibilities of the one. In order to clearly grasp the whole of these ramifications, we again invite our students' careful attention to the same sign, Gemini, in its astrological aspect, as it is representatively expressed by refraction upon the human organism. We find that this sign, the representative of the constellation always, signifies the union of reason with intuition, and that it governs the arms, hands, and executive forces of man. 
Surely, as we reflect upon the almost marvelous interrelationship between things spiritual and things temporal, we must conclude with the man Jesus that they have eyes, but they see not, and ears, but alas, they hear not. If it were not so, man would, indeed by virtue of the latent forces within him, take the kingdom of heaven by storm, and reign supreme as enthroned king of all material forms. Man in his blindness has relegated intuition to obscurity, has neglected the cunning of the left hand, and debauched the pure love of the divine state. Consequently, the executive forces within him are unbalanced, thus rendering him the slave of material forms instead of being their lawful sovereign. Therefore, not until with clean hands and pure heart, he restores intuition to her throne, united with reason, can he hope to comprehend the reality of this arcane mystery of the twin souls, Gemini. 4. Cancer And next the twins with an unsteady pace, bright Cancer rolls. In this beautiful constellation we witness the reaction of Gemini, the closing scene in Act Two. Hence, it is, of course, a feminine force we are observing. In other words, it is that period, or rather one of them, wherein the Kabbalah expresses the reaction of the Insof via his creators as, And behold, the Lord saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Jesso cancer, spiritually interpreted, means equalizing, hence harmony, which is indeed very good, as contradistinguished from chaos. To the human soul, cancer is the period of exalted rest. It is the highest point in the arc of the divine soul's angelic cycle. From this glorious but subjective summit or altitude in the realm of spirit, it must descend. Restless energy and the still unsatisfied longings of its own immortal nature are the forces that bring such evolution about. Having evolved the dual forces of its divine nature, the ego sees that it is good and rests from its labor. But as this exalted state is purely subjective and ideal, it must, of necessity, to satisfy the longing for further enfoldment and desire to know, descend into material realms and conditions. From this point begins the soul's involution downward until the lowest point in the arc is reached, viz. Capricorn. Refer now to the sign Cancer and carefully study out the parallel upon its astrological planes and also under its occult aspects as given forth in the Light of Egypt, Volume 1, where we read, Cancer rules the respiratory and digestive functions of humanity and governs the reflective organs of the brain. Note the parallel. Within subjective realms, the divine soul has inspired and assimilated all that is possible to that angelic state and knows a period of blissful rest, but the longings of its immortal nature urge on the soul. So we see that the sign cancer symbolizes tenacity to life. To live, we must breathe and eat and assimilate upon every plane of our being. It necessarily follows that the mentality expressed by cancer must be susceptible to inspirational currents. To inspire is to indraw. 
In its application, we find that this sign symbolizes love. How beautiful the harmony and contrast of the constellation and its astrological representative. 4. Leo Then Leo shakes his mane. Herein is typified the third grand spiritual action, which, as we find throughout nature, travel in pairs. Hence, Leo is a positive, masculine constellation. Having attained the highest point in the super-celestial states of subjective embryonic existence, having evolved sensation and aspiration, now inspired by a desire for immortality, the dual soul of the divine ego is once more impelled forward. But as all evolution works in spirals, it cannot ascend higher without first apparently descending lower, so ever onward in its eternal march. This beautiful constellation symbolizes the first action on the downward portion of the arc. It is the affinities of the heart, so to say, working from within to without. Matter in its most etherealized form begins to assert its sway. The allegorical serpent of Eden is working upon the feminine portion, symbolized by the heart, and like a magnetic tractor, the soul's affinities are drawn downward and, as if in defiance of all responsibilities, consequences, and karma, the soul, lion-like, shakes his mane in the imperiousness of deathless courage. As we read these weird allegories written by Didi in the starry vaults of heaven, the interested soul bows in reverence and awe before that almighty power we term providence and the profane call God. No man has altered these pure records of divinity. No finger has interpolated one single line. They are as beautifully clear to the soul now as they were in the very dawn of nature's awful creation. To the initiate into Urana's mysteries, it is unnecessary to draw a parallel between the constellation and its astrological sign. They are too clear, magnificent, and impressive to escape notice. To the majority of students, the resemblance may not be so apparent. Hence, for their benefit, we will point out a few aspects of this interesting parallel. We read that the sign Leo is the solar lion of the mysteries that ripens with his own internal heart the fruits brought forth from the earth by the moisture of Isis, the soul. Just so, the divine ego, by its eternal energy and strength, the pure fire of intelligence, externalizes through material forms the principles involved in the downward portion of the arc as qualities and attributes of the soul, reflected in the physical man as traits and qualities. Again, we are told, this sign reveals to us the ancient sacrifice and the laws of its compensation. In the imperiousness of a deathless courage, the soul defies all consequences and responsibilities. Surely, this is the supreme sacrifice, to leave its pure Edenic state to gain knowledge, to evolve its latent forces. 
and from this lion of the tribe of judah is born that divine love and sympathy which ultimately redeems and purifies the soul and saves it from death in matter the laws of its compensation are fulfilled in the prefected man in its intellectual aspect we learn that the mental forces of those dominated by this sign are ever striving to attain unto some higher state their ideas are grand compared with the nature of the constellation and all that it implies the reflection is clear natural and beautiful when we reflect upon this awful period in the involution of the dual souls of the divine ego as symbolized by the constellation and the grand truths represented by the astrological sign when refracted through the human organism the reason for leo being named the royal sign becomes quite plain six virgo and following virgo calms his rage again Beautifully expressive are these lines to those who read their mystic import aright. Virgo is the reaction of the leonine force and is, consequently, a feminine symbol. Action and reaction are the eternal laws upon which the cosmos is founded. They constitute the inseparable affinities, attraction, and repulsion of everything within the realm of manifested being. In this mystic constellation, we see the first ideas of maternal instinct arise. This is a necessary result of the impulsive action of the heart in Leo, the reaction from a state of imperious defiance, the heat of rage or energy and deathless courage resulting in the ideas of something to be encountered, overcome, and of self-preservation. The dual soul descends still another valve in the spiral of its celestial journey toward crystallized forms. Virgo, the virgin of the skies, an eternal symbol of that divine, immaculate conception, shows wherein these forces lie. Here is conceived in a pure holy sense the first instinct of love within the dual soul. It represents that awful period in the biblical Garden of Eden wherein the virgin wife stands before the tree of knowledge of good and evil, where she is fascinated by the allurements of matter, and is unconsciously becoming enveloped in the coils of the serpent. In other words, after the cosmic force had shaken its mane in defiance of material forces, it is the reaction of his subjective half, which sees how good material things are, or, in other words, and following Virgo calms his rage again. The masculine half or positive force of the soul yields to temptation and is soothed by the alluring prospects. It will be noticed in this connection that pity, reflection, and compassion are the peculiar actions of the sign Virgo in the zodiac, not the constellation, and that astrologically it governs the bowels. This symbolism is really very beautiful when closely compared and studied. That immaculate conception of pure love of the soul for its other half upon the astrological plane becomes refracted and reacts as compassion and pity. Again, the soul within subjective realms 
sees how good material things are, and its refraction represents the assimilating functions of the human organism. It also reveals to us the significance of the Lord's Supper. At this stage of its journey, the divine ego knows for the last time that close communion with the twin soul before the crucifixion, the wine typical of the sacrifice, the bread, and the sustaining forces of its own immortal being. The intellectual aspect of the sign Virgo forms a perfect analogy to the constellation and is too evident for further remarks. 7. Libra then day and night are weighed in Libra scales, equal a while, at last the night prevails. Another evolve in the spiral, and we reach the grand climax of the soul's journey within the spiritual world. The nature of this constellation was, for ages, concealed from all but initiates, for the reason that it contains the most important mysteries connected with the human soul. It is the grand transition and between the spiritual world and the astral world. In other words, between ideal conceptions and elemental forms, between the world of design and the realms of force. One of the chief mysteries of Libra is that it is androgyny or bisexual in nature. So far the dual soul has evolved within the realms of spirituality. Here it stands in the celestial balance between the two, giving way to temptation, takes the forbidden fruit, and instantly awakes from its purely spiritual state to become surrounded by the illusions of matter. The struggle of the soul with the attracting forces of matter is very clearly expressed in the line equal a while, at last the night prevails. In other words, astral and physical darkness bedeem the soul's spiritual sight, and leaving the realms of innocence and bliss, they sink into the vortex of the great astral world. The celestial state is now forever lost as a realm of angelic innocence. It can only be regained amid trial, sorrow, suffering and experience, and when regained, it is as Lord and Master, not as the innocent cherub. But when, having gained or reached the equator of the upward arc of its progress, and, united once more to its missing half, gives expression to that deathless force with which it started from the opposite point, Aries, I am that I am, no longer an embryo, but being within the universal soul of being. Before closing this symbolic constellation, we must reveal the mystery of its bisexual nature. In the higher or first portion of the sign, it is positive to some extent and masculine. The soul is still within the Garden of Eden and pure, clad in the raiment of God, and is represented by the Chaldean statues of the bearded Venus or Venus the angel of Libra, as a morning star, bright Lucifer. But in the latter half, after the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, positive and negative, you see, has been partaken of, bright Lucifer falls. 
the sun of the morning shorn of his glory becomes the symbol of night or vesper the evening star and the symbol is thus and the soul loses its heavenly raiment or spiritual consciousness and becomes clothed with matter the symbol of night the sign libra in the zodiac in its astrological aspect is a very external correspondence of all the foregoing eight scorpio and longer grown the heavier scale inclines and draws bright scorpio from the winter signs we now behold the gates of paradise guarded by the flaming sword which points to the four quarters of the world this sword is according to genesis to guard the way of the tree of life and such esoterically it really is the soul is no longer dual but separated into male and female personalities and behold they see that they are naked stripped of their spiritual raiment they feel the chill of matter and the lust of an animal nature they need clothing so god made them coats of skin sex is the symbolism herein typified and the evolution of the animal passions of procreation of multiplication and evolution it is the complete entry of the soul into elemental conditions and the flaming sword guarding the four quarters of the earth to the way of life are the four general realms of the astral world the way to physical life in concrete forms and the way to life eternal through the realms of the spills gnomes undines and salamanders they are the basis of all matter known as air earth water and fire here we see that through the evolution of sex and its accompanying desire for procreation these blind forces of nature find their avenue of expression spiritual consciousness almost lost and without reason the soul becomes the prey so to say of these forces of the astral world which is the realm of design the soul's creations must be met and vanquished upon the upward arc of the cycle of progress they guard or oppose the way to eternal life here the soul having gained the victory stripped forever of its earthly raiment and the lusts of the flesh arrayed once more in its spiritual raiment purified and sanctified it will stand once more at the gates of paradise where reunited with its missing half it will partake of the fruit of the tree of life and become as gods astrologically the correspondence is perfect and so thinly disguised as to need no explanation nine sagittarius him centaur follows with an aiming eye his bow full drawn and ready to let fly deeper and deeper sinks the soul into material forms the evolution of sex has produced the necessary avenues for the entrance of countless forces and the soul is now rapidly losing the last vestiges of its spiritual conscience in other words sagittarius symbolizes that state of the soul wherein it is descending to its polarizing point and is therefore the vortex of innumerable opposing forces 
seeking expression in different forms. It is the bow, strength or force of the soul, full drawn and ready to let fly its arrows of energy in any direction that may afford proper opportunity. Here we see the expression of that deathless, fiery force and imperious daring and courage within more material states, the primal fire reflected from another angle. But everything is unsettled. It is a masculine force and restless, and is represented under the allegory of the Tower of Babel and the utter dispersion of the people, entities to the four corners of the earth, and finally becomes involved in dense matter, and its migrations are at an end on this side of the cycle of necessity. Upon the astrological plane, the zodiacal sign Sagittarius rules the motive forces and the pedestrian instinct, the thighs, or basis of locomotion. Hence, we see, even here, a most perfect analogy. This sign symbolizes also the governing forces of humanity, which see the necessity of law and order, hence government. In this expression we find the bow, strength or force, ready to let fly its arrows of energy in any direction the opportunity may afford, when refracted upon the human organism and reflected upon the external plane, these forces manifest as the restless spirit that ever impels onward, seeking new fields of expression, out of which develops a sense of order, restraining and training, or the governing of self and control of others. When we reflect upon these symbols of starry truths, the mind bows in reverence before the wisdom that created them. 10. Capricorn Next narrow horns the twisted caper shows. The goat, and in the realms of spirit, the crystallized mineral, is the reaction of the former, and shows to us death, inertia, and rest. Hence, Kronos, or Saturn, the symbol of death, is lord of this state and condition. It is the polarizing point of the soul's evolution in matter, and therefore forms the lowest arc in the cycle of necessity. Herein we behold the soul imprisoned within the mineral state. The fire of the flint and the spark in the crystal are the only avenues of its lonesome expressions. But as the lowest point, it is also the promise of a higher and the symbol of a higher state and the symbol of another spiral in its endless life. This constellation, as the symbol of inertia and death, is also the symbol of awakening life and prepares the soul for the most perfect expression of its powers in its forthcoming upward journey. If we pause for a moment and consider the force and power necessary to evolve out of this dark, dense mineral realm, the foregoing sentence will become clear and forcible. Hitherto the soul has been slowly drawn down into coils of matter, imprisoned by material forces. It has penetrated the lower depths and can go no farther. Rest here is to gather strength, force. 
Mark well the differences in parallel between Cancer and Capricorn, opposite points in the arc. Cancer is the symbol of exalted rest within angelic realms, Capricorn the symbol of rest in dense matter. From the former state, the soul is impelled forward on its downward journey. From the latter state, the soul awakens to the struggle for life on the upward arc, and must now give expression to the positive powers of its immortal being, which have become involved in material form that shall make it the master and give it the victory over death and material forces. Surely this is truly the promise of a new day and higher state of existence. It will be instructive to study this by a comparison of the zodiacal sign Capricorn as set forth in the Light of Egypt, Volume 1, wherein we read, This sign signifies the knees and represents the first principle in the trinity of locomotion, viz. the joints, bending, pliable, movable. It will be instructive to study this by a comparison of the zodiacal sign Capricorn as set forth in the Light of Egypt, Volume 1, wherein we read, This sign signifies the knees and represents the first principle in the trinity of locomotion, viz. the joints, bending, pliable, movable. The analogy is perfect. The soul, which has been pliant, bending to material forces, now reverses this action and bows the knee in awe and reverence to the higher powers of its being. When refracted upon the human organism, we find that the cold, lonesome state and weary struggle within the mineral realm becomes love of self, directing its energies to the attainment of selfish ends. What could be more natural? 11. Aquarius And from Aquarius, earn a flood or flows. The soul, released from its crystallized cycle of matter, now rapidly evolves into states, though material, yet entirely different. Its previous arc from Libra to Capricorn has been amid inorganic matter. It is now rushing with lightning speed upon its weird, tolsome upward journey through purely organic forms, from vegetable to animal, and as all organic forms have their primary origin in water, so does this celestial urn express the primary conception of this physical state. Further, to more fully express this, Aquarius is typical of man as prototype of the last grand goal of the soul's future material state, in other words, the last quadrant of the four elements, viz. bull, lion, eagle, man. There is something exceedingly significant in all this. And the more we ponder on this spiritual allegory of the shining constellation, the more we are impressed with the divine wisdom of those early instructors of our race who thus preserve truth in an incorruptible form. From this weird but beautiful constellation, we learn how the soul has progressed, finding innumerable avenues of expression of its latent forces, the manifestation of its powers in the various chemical changes and development of functions expressed through countless forms on the lower planes of existence. The sacrifice of its angelic innocence, the imperious defiance and deathless courage symbolized by Leo, have obtained the victory over the lower kingdoms, 
which will be incorporated into his vast empire. Yet, unstable as water, it cannot excel, or in other words, cannot rise to a higher state within this arc of its progressive life. We find that the astrological expression of this constellation, the sign Aquarius, governs the legs and is the natural emblem of the changeable, movable, migratory forces of the body, forming a perfect parallel with its interior symbol. There is a great deal contained in the zodiacal sign worthy of deep study and reflection. 12. Pisces Near their loved waves, cold Pisces take their seat, with Aries join, and make the round complete. Once more a reaction, the last scene of the soul's impersonal drama, the constellation, if Pisces is the symbol of rest and expectation, the soul has now completed the first round or rung in the cycle of necessity, and its next state is that of incarnated man. It has triumphed over every spear below and defied in turn every power above, and is now within that sixth state of the embryonic soul world that transforms all its past knowledge, sorrow, and suffering into experience and produces the impersonal man. It has traveled through constellated states within matter and spirit, and as a human soul with reason, intuition, and responsibility, it will, in its next state, become subject to those same powers when reflected from a different plane. The twelve constellations of its soul will manifest a complete rapport with the twelve signs of solar light and power. With this we close. The mystic sign of this constellation is, or completion, a seal and a sign of its past labors. And, as we have seen, the shining constellations are the soul's progressive history from its genesis to its appearance within embodied conditions as man and so by correspondence are the twelve solar signs symbols of man and his material destiny the foundation has been laid the material and resources are at hand for his kingdom is exclusive with his own hands he must build his temple the symbol of the perfected man each stone accurately measured cut polished and in its proper place the proportions asymmetrical, hence harmonious, the keystone of whose arch is will, its foundation love. This accomplished, he will have completed the second round of the great cycle of necessity. And who, after contemplating the wondrous harmony of this beautiful system and the complete accord of each part, can refuse to agree with the truly inspired Addison that, ever moving as they shine, the hand that made us is divine. End of section three. Recording by Jill Preston.